0: Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Good morning. morning. You guys doing well? I think I shared one of the last times I was here. um, I recently had my true Texas baptism, and that is I attended a rodeo (laughs) in San Antonio and we left the rodeo, and I thought, I have never seen that much bedazzle in my life. <laughs> it's like I was, like, bedazzle overdose, but it was, it was fun going to the rodeo. I've gone to two now, so I'm truly Texan. My wife's from Dallas. Anyone from Dallas here? Awesome. A half a person over here. It's amazing. <laughs> um, my, my wife's from Dallas. I'm from Eastern Canada. Uh, and in 2008, I moved to Redding, California to attend Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. That's where I met my wife and started calling the school Bethel School of Supernatural Marriage. Um, so, and then we traveled for the first two years of our marriage uh, full time, 10 to 14 days a month on the road, speaking in churches, conferences, events, really just uh, seeing the church activated and, and seeing the church get a revelation of the goodness of God. How many of you know that God's better than we think he is? Let me try this side of the room over here. How many of you know God's better than we think he is? That was a little bit better. Should I try this side one more time? How many of you know? I mean, come on, you have no excuse now. God's better than we think he is. There, there we go. And, uh, and that's what I want to share on this morning. I want to talk about the goodness of God. And if I was to title this message, I would title it, He's better than you think. In fact, turn to three people and say, he's better than you think he is. (laughs) Josh, that was only two. (laughs) He's better than we think is. Is it okay if I share a quick testimony? One of the things I love to do is just share stories of what God's doing all over the world because one of the ways that we renew our minds to the belief that God's really, really good is we feed on his faithfulness by talking about the things that he's doing in the earth. I have some good friends named Ben and Jody who uh, travel around ministering in different places. They're from Australia, but they recently moved to Graham, Texas. And uh, they were recently ministering in South Africa, speaking at some different churches. And they were invited to speak in uh, uh, a high school. And it was a private high school. And they were invited to speak. And it was over, it was like right around 1,000 students in this high school. And they got to speak in this, high school, and Ben basically just shared the gospel, shared this simple gospel message, gave an invitation, and just about 1,000 students got born again and the principal just a few weeks ago. Can we thank Jesus for that? And uh, can you imagine? Like it was, He said it was hard to see a hand that wasn't raised that wanted to give their life to Jesus, and the principal got saved. How many of you know that if God can do it in South Africa, he can do it in America? Uh, You know, I I really believe that America's greatest days in the church are yet ahead. That the greatest revival, awakening, transformation of cities is about to hit America. That the best days for America are ahead. And I am convinced that it happens through people that are convinced and persuaded that God's incredibly good all the time. And there's something that happens when this revelation goes from our head actually into our hearts, and it becomes a revelation. It's the 18-inch journey. That's, that's how far it is from our brain to our hearts. If we can get that revelation from our mind, from just being this intellectual agreement with the truth, like, of course, God is good, to like, wow, I'm, I'm actually convinced in my heart, in my emotions, that God is really, really, really good. I believe it's an absolute game changer and we start to see his goodness manifest in our life and in the world around us. So can we, can we jump in? Can we, can we talk about this? If you have your Bibles, go with me to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33. And while you're turning there, I'm just gonna pray one more time. Father, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit that's here. I thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this room. We ask that you would come with what Paul prayed in Ephesians 1.17, that you would bring a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Holy Spirit, come and reveal Jesus like never before to our hearts. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Exodus 33, are you there? Or are you looking at the screen? (laughs) And starting in verse 12, just to lay a little bit of a context, Moses, and Josh mentioned this earlier, Moses has been leading the people of Israel. He led them out of Egypt through signs and wonders as God performed signs and wonders in Egypt. And he's leading them. And they've been seeing God provide for them supernaturally. They're seeing God do things like part the Red Sea supernaturally so they could cross over into the promised land. They saw the Red Sea close in and take out the Egyptians. Uh, They saw God miraculously provide manna on the ground every morning. Could you imagine you're on this wilderness journey, and every morning you wake up out of your tent, and there's like Panera bread, like just right there on the grass. You you know, God is supernaturally just providing for them every morning. God is, uh, you know... There's, there's a time where they wanted meat. They're complaining that they didn't want to just eat bread. They're like, we're tired of this bread fast. Can we have some meat up in here? So, so all of a sudden, God starts to cause these quail to fly low enough that they can just hit them with a stick and then eat that. And they're just seeing God do miracle after miracle, You know, causing water to flow out of a rock so they can drink, like crazy supernatural stuff. And after seeing all of that, Moses has the audacity to ask God for something more. And this is where we're going to pick up in Exodus chapter 33, starting in verse 12. Moses is having this conversation with God. It says this, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. Verse 14, and he, God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are on the face of the earth. I said this in first service, and I'm going to say it again. It is God's presence in us and upon us that separates us from everyone else that's in the world. How many of you know that? It's his presence on you and in you that makes you stand out in a really good way. I'm telling you, I really believe that we should be a people so full of the presence of God that when we walk into the workplace, we shift the atmosphere. Peter did it. Peter walked in it to such a degree that his shadow healed the sick. How many of you want to be so filled with the presence of God in you and upon you that you walk down the street and you, hear, you see people healed by mistake? That's, that's what his presence does. And Moses said, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, I don't even want to do this thing. If your presence doesn't go, I'm just going to stay back, hang out in my tent, and play Xbox. Because I don't want to just go through the motions. How many of you want something deeper and more than just going through the motions, checking off the the box, I've attended church, You know, I prayed a little bit. I read my Bible. I'm good to go. How many of you want more? How many of you want the fullness of the manifest presence of God manifesting in you and upon you everywhere you go? I believe this is a house that hungers more than anything for the presence of God. And I just want to prophesy that Renew Church in Midland, Midland, Texas is becoming an epicenter and a habitation of the presence of God that you're are, you going to have a reputation that if you want to get healed, just go to Renew Life Church. If you want to get delivered from drug addiction, just go walk into their building because there's something in the atmosphere that when you step into the building, you start to become free. That's what you guys are stepping into. But, it, but you steward that and you cultivate that by, by becoming a people like Moses that was hungry for the presence of God. This isn't even in my notes. This is just a side note, by the way. <laughs> Everybody say, I want to be a people of his presence. Let's pick up verse 17. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken for. You have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. Verse 18. And then he, Moses said, please show me your glory. Verse 19. Then he, God said, I will make all of my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. Verse 21, and the Lord said, here is a place by me where you shall stand on a rock, so it shall be when my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. If you read on, God does this very thing. He takes Moses, he sticks him in this cave. He covers him with his hand and he causes all of his goodness to pass by. And then if you read on, we read that after this encounter, Moses came down off of the mountain and the presence and the glory of God was so visibly tangible, shining off of the face of Moses. That Israel couldn't even look at him. It was so bright that they're like, Moses, you need to cover your face. You need to wear a veil because we can't even look at you. That is too glorious. How many of you want to get to the place where you walk into a grocery store and people have trouble looking at you because of the glory of God is shining on your face? Well, check this out. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we'll put this on the screen, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 7. The Apostle Paul compares the glory that Moses encountered in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, with the glory that you and I have now stepped into through relationship with Jesus. And he says this, but if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. How many of you think that's pretty good news? Everybody say he's better than I think he is. What's interesting to me is Moses prays this prayer. God, show me your glory. How did God respond? I will cause all of my goodness to pass before you. Why did that happen? Because God's glory is 100% equal to his goodness. In fact, the glory of God is simply God's goodness on display. The glory of God is the nature of God made manifest, and his nature is that that he's entirely good 100% of the time. And I really believe that God is on the move in the body of Christ all over the world that he is releasing a reformation in the church as it pertains to the goodness of God. And there is a generation raising up, stepping up with the conviction and the persuasion that the Father is so good that I'm actually gonna believe him and take him at his word for entire cities to be set on fire for the gospel. I'm telling you, entire cities can get transformed by the kingdom of God, when there's a company of people that just take God at his word and believe that he's really good. And see, the goodness of God is manifest in the person of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter three, verse one, sorry, chapter one, verse three says this. The son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Jesus Christ is a full representation of what God's like. And I like to tell people, if you want to know what God's like, you want to know really what the Father's like, just look at the life of Jesus. He's the exact representation of the Father. In fact, in John chapter 14, Philip, one of Jesus' disciples, walked up to him one day, and he said, Jesus... We've been following you, we've been seeing you do miracles, it's been amazing, it's been a real trip, it's been such an adventure, but I have a question for you. When are you gonna show us the Father? And do you remember Jesus' response? He said, Philip, have you been with me this long and yet you ask me to show you the Father? Do you not understand that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen him. And if you wanna truly know what God's like, just look at the life of Jesus, all through the Gospels. Everywhere Jesus went, he was healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, opening blind eyes, opening deaf ears. I and mean, let's talk about raising the dead for a minute. Jesus ruined every funeral he went to, <laughs> <laughs> including his own, right? Everywhere he went, he was disrupting culture by causing the powers of darkness, to bow their knee to heaven, to the name of Jesus. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, they came up to him one time and they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. He's like, okay, you wanna know how to pray? Pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus taught his disciples to pray heaven to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus' mandate when walking the earth was to release the kingdom of God everywhere he went. In fact, all through the Gospels, it says that Jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing those who are sick. Here's the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus didn't just die on the cross and raise again so that we could be forgiven and go to heaven someday. He didn't just die so that we could go to heaven. He died and rose again so that heaven would come live inside of us and then we would go about planet earth releasing the kingdom of God everywhere we go. We are God's plan A for planet earth. It's you and me, believing that he's actually good and that he wants to flow through us. Is this helping anybody? Everywhere he went, he just destroyed the works of the devil, manifesting the goodness of God. In fact, in John ten ten, Jesus said, The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might receive life and life more abundantly. You want to know what God's will is? Ask what's in heaven. See, Jesus never told one individual who came to him for healing, you know what, I know I healed all these people, but I'm not going to heal you because this sickness is really teaching you humility teaching you perseverance like you just need to hang on to this it's actually a gift from me you won't find that in the bible anywhere but sometimes in the church we've created theologies that justify our lack of experience instead of allowing our experience to catch up to the word of god and that is that he's entirely good all the time healed everybody that came to him so you want to know what god's will is what's in heaven there's no there's no depression in heaven there's no sickness in heaven there's no disease confusion Poverty, oppression, insecurity, shame. So when heaven touches earth, when we say that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's seeing God's, his nature, which is always good, manifest in the earth and causing all of those things that aren't of him to bow their knee in the name of Jesus. That's kingdom living. That's the gospel of the kingdom. And when we believe that, we start to see that same goodness not just manifest for us but manifest through us everywhere we go. Is it okay if I share a couple of testimonies i was I was ministering in Australia a number of years ago um, with my mentor at the time, and we spoke in this church. It was a friday night and and afterwards uh, we packed everything up and it was a church that kind of sets up and tears down so once everything got tore down, I went with uh one of the staff members of the church and um, some of their young adults to a coffee shop. And we're sitting in this coffee shop and we're having our cappuccinos. And it just happened to be Schoolies Week in Australia. And Schoolies Week is like their summer break. They call it Schoolies Week. And so there's young people everywhere, you know, young adults, college students, high school students all over the streets, people coming in and out of the bars. And I'm sitting in the coffee shop just kind of buzzing over what God just did in the meeting because he moved really powerful in the meeting that we just we just did. And I'm thinking, man, I don't want to just see this manifest in the church. I want to see it manifest outside the four walls of the church. How many of you know that miracle signs and wonders aren't just meant for the church? They're meant to be released out into the marketplace, out into the streets, into the highways, into the byways. So we're sitting in this coffee shop and I'm just kind of like, kind of going crazy. Like, let's just go give this stuff away. Let's just go give away the presence of God somewhere. So we leave the the coffee shop and we leave the cafe, and we're walking down the street, about to get into our car, and I say to the guy that is hosting me, I'm like, dude, can we just not go home yet? Can we just go walk around a little bit and see what happens um, and get in trouble for Jesus a little bit? He's like, totally, let's do it. So it was him, myself, and one student that was traveling with me, and uh, we're walking down the street, and we stop in front of this bar where there's a group of, like, 20-some-year-olds, and, and I'm like, hey, and I get their attention. They're like, yeah. I'm like, hey, we're, I'm from California. My friend's from California, and we actually pray and see people healed. I'm like, do, you, do any of you have any pain in your body at all? And they're kind of drinking a little bit, and they're kind of humoring me. And, and one of them kind of like tells on his friend, he's like, yeah, he has back pain. He was talking about his back pain earlier today. I'm like, awesome. Well, Jesus is going to heal your back. And one of the young guys on the street said that he was a Christian. I'm like, you're a Christian? He said, yeah. I'm like, awesome. Then you're going to be the one that prays for his back. I figured I would just equip the saints while in there. You may as well, right? <laughs> said he's a Christian, so let's put him to work. So I said, I said, okay, put your hand on his back. So he like reluctantly puts his hand on his back. And now some more people are kind of gathering around. And I said, repeat after me, kingdom of God come. This guy goes, kingdom of God come. I say, all pain go. He goes, all pain go. Be healed in Jesus' name. He goes, be healed in Jesus' name. The guy that was getting prayers, name's Nick. I go, Nick, try to do something you couldn't do. He bends over, touches his toes, straightens up, eyes get really big, and he drops the F-bomb. true story. That's a really good indication that somebody actually got healed when you're out there. I mean, we can't can't expect non-Christians to act like Christians, right? So he drops the F-bomb, and he goes, holy blank. He goes, what did you just do to my blanking back? He said, I haven't been able to touch my toes since I was 12 years old, and all the pain is completely gone. What the blank? And And he was totally healed. Can we just thank Jesus for that? And then he goes, and now Nick, who isn't even saved yet, turns into an evangelist. (laughs) And he's stopping people that are walking by. He's like, hey, come meet my friends who just healed my back. And he's like stopping people. He's like gathering people in. And now we have more young adults standing around, and we just start prophesying over them, like calling the gold out on them because we believe that we have a really good father that has really good good things to say to his children, whether they know him yet or not. See, there's one form of evangelism where we can go out there and tell people that they're sinners and they need to repent and they need Jesus, and that works sometimes. But what about just calling the gold out in people and loving on them and encouraging them and allowing the kindness of God to lead them to repentance? (laughs) See, most people already know they have issues. (laughs) They don't need us to go confirm that they have some issues. They're like, I could have told myself that. But did you know that so many people, especially in my generation, especially among a fatherless generation, has never had someone actually tell them that the father is really kind and really good and really loving and has good things to say about them? So we start prophesying over them, calling the gold out in them. And I'm like, hey, you're like the mom in this group. You look after all of your friends, and, and your friends like kind of call you mom, and they're always coming to you for advice. And her friends are like totally confirming. They're like, yeah, that's totally you. And now they're kind of like, do you have one for me? And we're just kind of like prophesying over them, telling them the good things that God sees in them. And then I said this. I said, do you want to ask the same Jesus who healed Nick's back who just like said things about you that there's no way that I would know and encouraged you, this same God who's talking to you right now, who's really, really good, do you want to ask him to come live inside of you right now and live inside of you forever? They're like, totally. One of the girls goes, I said, we can pray right now and you can ask him to come live inside of you. And one of them goes, can we hold hands while we pray? I go, totally. So right there, and now it's like five, seven young adults in front of a bar holding hands, prayed, asked Jesus into their heart, repented of their sins, and asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit right there in Byron Bay, Australia. Can we just thank Jesus for that? Well, and see, that didn't happen because there's something special about me and the team that I was with. I mean, we are special, but, but so are you, because in the kingdom, we all get to be his favorite. And it happened because we just believe that the Father is really, really good. And he wants to manifest and release his goodness everywhere we go. He's better than we think he is. And I believe that even this morning, God wants to release a fresh revelation of how good God is. Later on in John 14, and I'll close with this. John 14, verse 12. Jesus told the disciples, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me and i'd like to add in parentheses if you don't mind he who believes that i'm good the works that i do he will do also and greater works than these he will do because i go to my father in heaven there's something about being a people that take god at his word believe that he's entirely good all of the time that causes us to expect his power and his love to manifest upon us and through us everywhere we go. I'm not talking about preachers. I'm not talking about those who have been to Bible school. I'm not talking about those who have fasted 20 days so they're finally holy enough. I'm talking about anybody who has put their faith in Jesus Christ and has been filled with the Holy Spirit. Guys, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of you and I. That blows my mind and he wants out. And if we will just take little steps of faith, little risks, to put his goodness on display. I promise you, he will back up his word. Just in first service, I had a word of knowledge that God was healing herniated discs. And right over here, a few rose up, a lady stood and she began to cry as the power of God came on her. She said her back was hurting all the entire service. And as soon as we started to pray, all the pain left, she was 100% healed. Yeah, you can thank Jesus for that. And when we believe he's good, We can all expect God to do that through us. Let's all stand where we are. This is is what I want you to do. I want to pray for all of us. I want you to put your hands out in front of you as though you're going to receive something fresh from God. There's nothing magical about this. It's just a way of posturing our hearts before him. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I believe that you're good. I know that you're better than I think you are. As I've seen in the person of Jesus. Give me a fresh revelation of your goodness, of your heart, of your nature. I renounce shame. I renounce condemnation. I renounce unworthiness. And I say, I am worthy. I am loved by you. I am your favorite. Your spirit lives in me. And your spirit rests upon me. And I expect to do the works of Jesus. And even greater works. Because his spirit lives inside of me. In Jesus name. Amen. Let's just thank the Lord this morning. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.